0: It's the Perry and Shawna podcast on the real-life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. Jesus is awesome. He's working. He's resurrected. He's on the move on this planet. And today we've got some amazing stories to share with you. Ryan Skoog is with us. He's the founder and president of Venture. It's a nonprofit that's bringing the gospel to some of the toughest places on the planet. Yeah, Ryan, it is so good to have you on the show, and man, we just love to hear great stories, and you have so many great stories for us today. I want to hear the one about you as a young kid and how Jesus met you to kick things off.
1: Wow. Yeah, let's go all the way back there. I am so glad to be here. As, as a young kid, I had an abnormal amount of anxiety, like six, seven, eight, like can't sleep up all night regularly. It was not a normal uh, type of anxiety. And, and I, you know, had this encounter with Jesus. I had this nothing short of a vision where I saw just this incredible light and heard the voice of God say that you're safe now. I'm hmm. with you. And I, I can tell you, man, I, I will always be grateful to God who came to a scared little boy and told him he was safe. It was actually a part of a broader story. I, My family, when I was born, born were not Christians, and and God invaded our family. My, my dad was on a business trip in Alaska, and he walked into a chapel and heard the gospel for the first time. And he said, who wouldn't do this? Who wouldn't respond to this? And that same week, my mom uh, was watching a Billy Graham special on TV and got on her knees to receive Jesus. And so he came back. And they reconnected. And he says, you'd never guess what happened to me. And she said, you never guess what happened to me. And they start sharing their salvation stories to each other. And the, the transformation started there in our family. And uh, it's been going on ever since.
0: So let's go back to the scared little boy. Do you know yeah. why you were so
1: anxious? No, I I don't know. I I can't pinpoint what it was or anything like that, but it was something that You know, I would stay up all night wondering if my parents are going to die tonight or just crazy amounts of fear and, you know, uncontrollable fear. And I don't, there's probably great, you know, diagnoses for things and stuff like that. But I just knew that it was, it was something really intense and it was not the normal type of fear that a kid would have staying up all night, multiple nights and uncontrollable panic. And after that prayer experience with Jesus, hearing his voice, uh, it never happened again.
0: So you actually, you had a vision, but Mm -hmm. you could see with your eyes and you could hear with your ears, Jesus.
1: Oh, so I I saw a light and I knew it was God was near. And then then I heard this voice and it was more of a voice in my heart. It was just a really powerful experience, a voice in my heart and said, you're safe now Mm. and he's here. And so I, I just can't explain it any other way. And I ran down and told my mom and she said that looked like my face was glowing in some way. She's like, you saw something. Some people will say, boy, you're crazy, but I, I know what I saw. I know what I experienced. And, um, it was, it was life changing for me and and I know that the difference that happened.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Look at how it changed your life. Absolutely. And then your dad going into that chapel,
1: why did he do that? He, he heard that there is a, a a Messianic Jew and he goes, a Jew talking about Jesus. That sounds interesting. And so it just just curious enough that he wanted to hear, and he was on a business trip and kind of not much to do and uh, over that that weekend, and he was like, wow, a Jew talking about Jesus, I, I'll go in there and hear it. And and here he hears the gospel for the first time in his life. He was you a know, borderline alcoholic, their marriage was on the rocks, it was a bad, dark time in our family. And that transformation, that week, uh, both my mom and my dad gave their hearts to Christ separately and it transformed everything.
0: You're co-founder of Venture. Yes, that's right. So what is Venture? Tell me what it is right now.
1: Sure. So the word Venture means to go to a difficult or dangerous place. And we go to the three uns, where it's unsafe, where it's unreached, and where it's unresourced. And so unsafe, meaning like trafficking and war refugees and persecuted, religious persecution or extreme poverty. And then when it comes to unreached, less than 2% have any access to the gospel. Not only have they not heard the gospel, they couldn't hear it, so they don't have access to it. So unreached. And then the last one, unresourced, we go to the places where there are less than 1% of Christian giving goes. So it's really bad. They've never heard Jesus and no one's giving there. And that's where we want to be. You
0: know, the unresourced thing. So mm-hmm. we as believers give 1% of our giving to places mm-hmm. that have never heard the gospel.
1: Why is that? I I don't know. that That's the, one of the greatest injustices in the world is the unequal distribution of the gospel. I think it's just one of those things where it's easier to go where, where people have already gone, and it's difficult. I mean, we've had three of our partners killed for their faith, no, four, in the past 18 months, and another 14 put in prison. It's pioneering work. It's one of the Trumpets that we're trying to sound is say, hey, 42% of the world has never heard the gospel, and only 1% of Christian giving goes to those areas. <laughs> and, and so it's time for us to grab a hold of a, an Acts 1 8, uttermost parts of the earth, pioneering spirit, and make sure that even if it's not our main calling, that every one of us do something for those who have never heard in the uns, where it's unsafe and unreached and unresourced.
0: So, how do you combine those things? You want to reach the unsafe the unreached, and the unresourced. How do you put those
1: together? So what what we do is a combination of church planting and community development together. And there's a lot of organizations that will do justice work and, and compassion work and other ones that will plant churches. But we found that actually one of the greatest ways to affect change in a rural unreached village is through planting churches. And so we combine, it would be church planting and feminine hygiene training, or the church is rescuing girls from trafficking or the church is plant churches and they'll do farming and feeding programs or plant churches and they'll do actually work on uh, suicide prevention in villages. And I'll tell you, the gospel to uh, someone who's never heard the gospel is so beautiful. Like one of the areas in Nepal where we work, uh, we work with the body people, which is the one of the most trafficked per capita people groups on the planet. So the highest percentage of their their children are trafficked into slavery or sex trafficking. And uh, when you come in, Raju, our partner, he came in and they're selling their children for food. And so the first thing he did was, you know what, I'm going to get them food. But then when he came back, they were selling their kids for something else because in their hearts, they believed they were low, that they had screwed up in their last life. Then karma had sent them back as a low caste and therefore they deserved to be abused, deserved to be neglected deserve to be sold or raped or all these horrible things mm. so that they can take their punishment and then have a better life in the next life that's what they're taught and when you come in and tell them no you're made of the image of god god wants to invite you into his family that jesus christ considered you worthy of dying for that in imago day that worth of the gospel is so beautiful and when they become christians they won't sell their children even if they're starving because they believe every life matters that their life has meaning it's so beautiful
0: You just had a mass baptism in Nepal.
1: Yeah, yeah, the church is taking off in a beautiful way. We were a part of the first mass baptism; is historic. The authorities tried to to uh, shut it down, and there's so many people there. They said, "We'll vote against you if you shut this down." And the authorities are like, "Okay, you can have it." Mm-hmm. And so there's enough critical mass, and there's over a thousand people being baptized at once—just miraculous. So the way that
0: the gospel gets into these places that don't have access is through either same culture or, or near culture workers who are willing to, to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we work. eventually we work primarily through national leaders, uh, locals on the ground who already know the culture, already know the language, already know how to suffer and to pray and to give their lives. And one story that just broke me was uh, we have this one run of food that's across this very dangerous river in country Myanmar. And three of our partners were killed. The very next day, three new people signed up to do the very same run. Mm. It, it was the next day. And there's a whole group of people signing up saying, we're ready to go. We have to serve these people and you know, we want to bring the gospel to them. So that type of passion, man, I just call it serving heroes. That's what we get to do is just serve heroes day after day. What can I do? What can we do? First of all, being able to share like that there's only one percent of Christian giving is going to the places where it's unsafe and unreached and unresourced. And then also there's a number of organizations you can give to, but ventures one of them as well. And we the way we work is my companies and some people cover all of the admins so that a hundred percent of what people are giving goes straight to the programs and projects. And we have ways that people can run, hike and bike and get involved, ways for people to get their businesses involved so that every sale. Uh, is attached to a meal or a girl being rescued. And then we have churches that get involved as well, grabbing a hold of like, we're going to do a million meals or we're going to be able to plant this many churches. So we have all kinds of ways to be able to tangibly get involved, saying that if you do this, then this incredible thing can happen. And and our partners, they're dependable, they're incredible, they're heroes, and they they get it done. It's amazing.
0: Man, if you can think of anything better than reaching somebody with the gospel who's never heard it before, you're going to have to tell me because I can't. So go to Venture.org, check out the website, It's Legitimate, and then just click on Donate at Venture.org. Man, it's so exciting to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world. He invites us into his great mission to heal the world, Venture.org. So. Esther. She's one of the great unsung heroes of our day. Esther
1: is, she's, she's in her mid twenties and she again met Jesus and wanted to tell everyone about Jesus. And so she started walking through tiger infested jungles. And these these are real. Like we, we had a service evacuated because the tigers came by. I was, I was there and this is a real thing. And she will walk through these tiger infested jungles. To village after village. And one of the villages she came to, there were some boys who were crippled and she prayed for them. They got up and almost the entire village came to Christ. And I have pictures of them, the baptisms of all these people that came to Jesus. And she's just in her twenties and has not even the full Bible. She's got some gospels and some of the letters. And she's just saying, I'm going to follow this. And, and she just steps out with incredible courage. Again, a, an amazing hero.
0: How did she get that passion from Jesus herself.
1: Yeah. There's a guy named Durga, who is a uh, one of our main leaders. And he started going to, from village to village, just bringing food, bringing blankets to cold places in the mountains, very, very remote places, and started telling the story of Jesus. In fact, Durga has the record for the highest altitude showing of the Jesus film in history at 19,000 feet. So this wow. guy is a, a pioneer. And so esther heard the message and her heart came alive she was one of the low caste that thought she was you know screwed up in her last life and therefore karma's punishing her and to hear that god loves her that christ died for her that she has value that that she's invited into god's family god's caste, it it was just the most amazing thing and she wanted to tell everyone about it
0: so durga reached esther and esther goes through tiger infested jungles winning
1: villages to jesus yes it's, it's like the New Testament playing out right in front of us, all over. Hannah body is, and body meaning the lowest subgroup of the lowest caste in all of Nepal. And their people group was so oppressed that there had never been a girl who had graduated high school in the history of her people group, hundreds and hundreds of years. And she had been pre-sold, and this is a terrible practice, but pregnant moms will pre-sell to a trafficker their their children. And then when the child is gets to a certain age, the trafficker will come. And that if she had gotten to that age and the the trafficker was coming by saying, Okay, it's about time, and Brother Raju, our partner, was said, No, you're you're not going to go to a a brothel. You're going to go to a hostel and was able to to rescue her out. And she became the first body girl rescued but also the first female high school graduate in the history of her people group and she again met Jesus had incredible transformation she came back to her village and she was inspired by the story of Mary you know in Christianity we don't think about this very often but the very first gospel witness was an oppressed minority female named Mary who was living in extreme poverty That was the first gospel witness christianity was started by an oppressed minority female and so that she was so inspired by that story she started going to all the other body villages and she's led over 400 people have come to christ now because of her and and she started a feminine hygiene training programs and she also has done some incredible rescues of she calls them her sisters her body girl sisters in brothels in northern india She, she drove a van right underneath a second story window and the girl would jump out of the window onto the van like, like a movie type rescues that she's done and risking her life and rescued scores of women. It, her story became so compelling that she got on the national news in Nepal and the, the president of the nation heard her story and asked to meet with her. And, and this is a nation where it's, it's illegal to share your, to proselytize. It's illegal to, so you can be a Christian, but you can't share your faith and the president looked her in the eyes and said give me three reasons why you follow jesus Mm. and that was a dangerous moment and and hannah said she just felt the holy spirit come on her and she said i can't give you three reasons because i have thousands and she just started going off sharing story after story of how jesus had transformed her life and got to share the gospel for 10 15 minutes with the president of the nation and so here she was a village girl who is pre-sold to be trafficked, the lowest subgroup of the lowest caste, and then she becomes the first female high school graduate and gets an audience to share the gospel with the president. It's just a beautiful, beautiful—she's amazing. Again, glows with the love of Jesus.
0: Brian, when I read the New Testament, you know, Jesus says it. You're going to testify to all kinds of people— But he always talks about you're going to testify to kings, you know, to Mm. leaders. And you see Paul doing this in his ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. that there's this sense of I'm going to bring the gospel and plant churches. But I also want to go to Rome and I also want to testify to Caesar. Why do you think that the Lord has this plan for his message to go to leaders and kings and presidents?
1: Yeah, I, I think the gospel changes culture heart by heart. And that's something we're looking to see happen is generational transformation. Many times there's a village elder that has to come to Christ first before other people will come to Christ in a village. And so the Lord wants to open the doors to nations and open the doors to villages. And I really believe it's what Jesus talked about when he said, there's a person of peace, somebody who can open access to families or neighborhoods or clans or villages or or regions. And the Lord wanting to open the doors so that more people can come to Christ and makes that happen.
0: And even God's love for that leader—you know—you think of yeah. Paul. Paul did—you know—most scholars believe Paul did share the gospel with Nero, probably one mm. of the one of the most vile Caesars yeah. in the Roman Empire. But yeah. he got to share the good news
1: with Nero. Mm. That's so powerful to think about. Yeah, I th- go back to that where, where Peter says. The Lord wants none to perish, mm-hmm. all to come to repentance. Give everyone a chance. Ryan Skug of Venture,
0: venture.org. One of your partners went to a village and and faced some, some severe pushback, but he would not be denied.
1: Our partners, the courage that they have is just blows me away. Uh, so one of our partners went to this village, and there's 22 religious extremists that kind of surrounded him and were kicking him and beating him and really severely beating him and they said get out of our village and his response was he looked up at them and said i will die or i will plant a church but i'm not leaving Mm. and now there are two churches in the town that he planted i got to visit those churches and visit with this pastor and he was just just a simple person but full of courage willing to give everything for christ and and i just think I get inspired by that thinking, man, sometimes I have a hard time just reaching out to my neighbor or just reaching out to a coworker. And yet the courage of our partners that that I get to hear every day is so powerful. In fact, I just got another story, um, in a country, I can't say that we work. It's it's very, very persecuted is a small village. The village elders came to the Christians and said, how come you're not dead? And they said, what? And they said, we poisoned you. How come you're not dead? And it was just like the New Testament where Jesus said, you'll be poisoned, but you won't die. And they started sharing that Christ protects them. And so they wanted to know who this God is that protected them from the, being poisoned. And it's a country in Southeast Asia. We just couldn't believe. We just wanted to cry reading the, the, the report of what had happened. And many people came to Christ because of that.
0: We're living in X 29, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the global church right now is exploding at such a powerful rate that I really believe that when we go to heaven, there's gonna be folks like David and Moses and and Ezekiel and Isaiah coming to us saying, what was it like to be a part of one of the greatest moves of God the world had ever seen? Because what we're seeing is truly historic. And I don't wanna be silent in heaven. I wanna be a part of it. I wanna join in and say, I got to be a part of what God was doing and one of the most historic things God was doing in the history of the planet. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real-life journey
0: with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.